So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rico Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I am, yet again, Rico Shields, and uh, this time behind me, some many thousands of miles, is Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm waking up. That's what I'm doing. That's good. I, I actually have it on tape from one of our episodes where you said, I'm starting to really like this morning thing, so... Um, I, I was thinking about that when I was talking to you this morning, and you were like, "Wow, it's early. I don't know if I like this morning thing." I was like, "Well, wait, I have it. I, <laughs> I have it on, I forgot. on, on, on tape." <clears throat> I, I I woke up with one of those those headaches that I get every once in a while, and which is caused from the back problems. But so I lay in bed, and then I looked at my clock at one point, and I was reading, and I was like, "Ah, oh no, we have a show." <laughs> Get up, get up, get up. Get up, get up. Yeah. And and I was going to call your house phone if I didn't hear from you for a while, but I was running around chasing the uh, – uh, I'm having a little difficulty with the air conditioners here at the Phoenix house, uh, the, the Pegasus house. You have the Phoenix house. And um, and it turns out that the air conditioning, one of the factory-approved repair places for my kind of air conditioning, they're working on this stuff at the hotel. And um, – so I was kind of standing at the edge of the patio here waiting for them to come to their truck, and I caught them, and sure enough, it's just, once we finish taping, they're going to come and take a look because, you know, otherwise where I am, you have to call, and they have to figure out when they can travel to your area, and da-da-da-da-da. So I'm, I'm hoping to avoid some travel charges and trip charges and things if I can catch them while they're here. <laughs> I, uh, not, to mention, not to mention the Tico time. I mean, if you call them... If you call them today to ask them to show up, they might get there next week or something. Right. And, and so I was thinking last night, you know, uh, I noticed that the one unit wasn't really, I figured out I needed some help. And I was like, you know, wow, I wonder who the, who do you call? George, who do you call? And I, I wake up this morning and I take the dog outside and I see this truck with a magnetic sign on it that says, Frio Search. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, technical service. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, George. That's how you find them. Okay. Uh, they just come to your door. <laughs> right. Yeah, you just don't call them on the phone. Just call George, and George will deliver. Call George. <clears throat> George deliver. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I That's thought funny. that was amazing because, uh, uh, as, our, <laughs> as our listeners know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Costa Rica, but I'm sort of in the wilds of Costa Rica. They don't. You know, you can. You, there's places right along the Pacific Coast here that are rather modern and have stores and this and that and the other and 
we have shops, little shops. We don't really, maybe the grocery store is big enough to call a store, but everything else is just shops. And, um, and you ask somebody, do you know somebody that works in air conditioning? They go, oh, yeah, I, my friend Jose's cousin has a friend that knows somebody. that." And you're just like, okay, wait a minute. That sounds <laughs> bad. I, I'm sure I want to do that. But really? And, uh, and, and lo and behold, the factory authorized service people are just right here. And awesome. What is, you know, how do you beat that? You can't, really. The birds are in Canada, apparently. <laughs> Angry birds, the cat must be out. <laughs> Angry birds. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was just, fun with with the birds in the in the summer. Oh, uh, yeah, but let's not get into that. <laughs> that's I, not a, that's not a pleasant topic for the first thing in the morning. <laughs> not at all. Angry birds. Let's just bring our let's just bring our guest on because she's awake. Because she's it's four o'clock where she is. It's still now where she is. Everyday connection now. And, uh, well, it was the answer since we don't have the schedule and we're doing the podcast. And I'll be post, finally be posting Ilya. Um, and, and we've, I've posted a couple of people that we recorded after Ilya's show. But we had internet fun with Ilya. So, you know, lots of audio editing. But we have, we have with us, uh, today the, um, Gap coach, Susanna Axisa. Hi, Susanna. How are you doing? Hello. I'm doing really well. I'm still enjoying my time listening to you two guys waking up. (laughs) 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 I'm so glad I'm not where you are. (laughs) As well. Uh, So so good to be entertaining for people. When we... uh, It's funny. It's entertaining in the nicest possible way entertaining <laughs> because you know you know you're that person too and need your own time Absolutely. to come to in the morning so it's Absolutely. empathy well and we've Absolutely. when we had our show back on fixed schedule and we were trying to hit the live audience and and uh before we d- discovered that the podcast audience was the larger audience and we Absolutely. would interview somebody from the uk and it would be 3 a.m in the uk and Somehow they weren't so pe- peppy when we would get them on at 3 a.m. It sounded a bit like and I do this morning. <laughs> well, I've done uh, some uh, UK radio. I did American radio for years. I had my own uh, radio program and then decided to give it up and take the easier option, which was obviously to be a guest. Uh, and um, I was on from 2 to 4 in the morning, and I have to say that whenever I'm doing a radio program, the adrenaline uh, works beautifully in my body. So whatever the time is, I don't sound tired. But afterwards, if I am doing a program in the middle of the night, then I do need uh, sometimes to stay up all night because the adrenaline just doesn't stop flowing, and I can't get back to sleep again. So... So uh, everybody's everybody's body is is different, but the time difference is is fun to work with. Absolutely, fun to play with a little time. Oh yes. Absolutely. So we'll get we'll get started. So I'm I'm um, still working waking up. So I'll ask you the question, and then you get to speak for a while, and I can sit here and sip on my ginger tea. <laughs> 
I have to say, I, I'm, I'm interested in this question because you've said that you'll ask me a question three times, once in, in your uh, notes that you send out to all radio guests and twice before uh, we came on air. And now I'm thinking, I'm wondering what this question is. So please ask me your question. It's a really hard one, I'm telling you. It's hard. It's a hard oh. question. Who on earth yeah. are you? And what do you do? Who am I? Oh, boy, I did not expect that one. That is a great question. Who am I? I really don't know. I'm a piece of energy. I flow with all the energy. I have uh, all the traits and then some of a human soul working towards mastery. Um... I have passions, fears, doubts, uh, like everyone else. But one of my passions is intuition. Uh, it sounds a strange thing to say coming from me because for most of my life, uh, I have been one of those people who famously say, don't do intuition. In fact, I once said it to an ascended master, but that's another story. Um, I've spent half of my life denying my intuition, uh, basically because I learnt from a very young age that when I used this innate talent, and it's innate to all of us to some degree or other, uh, it freaked out the uh, the adults around me. Uh, and as very young children, we adapt to our environments, and so. What we understand is not safe. What we understand will keep us away from the love that we need, the acceptance that we need, the security that we'll need, the opportunity to grow and thrive that we need. Uh, when we understand that what we're doing is uh, putting those things at risk, then we change our behavior. So, of course, I changed my behavior from being extremely uh, talented intuitively to don't do intuition. And then a heart attack at the age of 40 uh, changed all of that. And uh, uh, then after that, the universe got serious with me because uh, it knew it was time. And so I was forced into certain things which absolutely terrified me, but that was all okay. It was part of the plan. Uh, I gave um, whoever you give permission to, your guides, uh, the energies, whatever you like to call them, God, uh, permission to get me to back to using my intuition and fulfilling my life's mission, which apparently seems to be demystifying intuition and helping other people to use their intuitive talents fully. Because um, if there's one thing I've learned in my life, it's this, if you want to reach your potential, then intuition has to be one of the best ways to do it because it will give you very cheekily at times, very cunningly, but always very lovingly, uh, the pushes, the shoves, the carrots that you need to get you there. And it's the occasional drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying you were running through all the, the names there, energies, God. We say George. <clears throat> Very good. Same, you know. Same thing. Doesn't matter what you call it. 
exactly. I, yeah, the I think whole, that was the, the point. Whole when message and the yeah. Jean was writing her book and was like, "Okay, what do I call you? I can't, I can't call you God. They'll, I don't know what they'll do to me. So what do I call you?" And the answer was George. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "I can't call you George. Now they are going to crucify me." And but. Apparently they, they, apparently not, because when I explain the concept of George and how the name came to be and what it all means, most people go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. In mm. fact, I've had many Christians say that makes total sense, <sighs> um, because I, I, view, I view God as, as everything, like as the whole. And <clears throat> everything, that whole, that core energy is manifesting the physicality because it wants to experience everything so it really is the most curious energy ever to be birthed in the universe and so for me curious george makes sense mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah i channel an ascended master whose name is lord lanto in the western tradition he was in a former life uh lao tzu the father of the Tao. And uh, he is constantly saying, you know, that one of the most important things we can be is to be curious. And to let that curiosity, curiosity great. to let that curiosity lead sometimes. And uh, mm. yeah, I always think of the little toddler that's, you know, just mastering walking, and uh, you know, they see something like your computer or something that you don't want them to handle they run over there they grab it you run over there and take it away from them and they're absolutely crushed Mm. for you know 10 seconds or 15 until they see the next shiny object and they're off you know they go "Ooh, what's that and 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 that curious george is kind of like that it's Mm. "Ooh, what's that what's that Ooh, that look Mm. at The sad thing with children is that if you take the object away or say no enough times, they learn not to be curious. And then, of course, it's much harder to recover curiosity once you've been taught that it's not acceptable. Well, that's the it's truth. very true. Curiosity, it's intuition. Um, uh, I was I was blessed with the parents that you know. Oh, Rick has a really vivid imagination don't pay attention to him mm. <laughs> yeah absolutely so <sighs> i i'm curious about something because you you skimmed over it and you said that's a whole other story but i'd really like to know um <laughs> who who are who are you young lady to be telling a master that you don't do intuition uh, well, i'd love to hear death. that story that was the day I, I had this heart attack and um, it wasn't recognized as such because uh, I've never smoked, uh, have an extremely healthy diet, uh, have a Mediterranean diet. What would you expect? I am uh, two thirds Mediterranean. Uh, so, you know, I live in, in a country famous for its Mediterranean and delicious food, which is Italy. So... Um, and so it was uh, ignored for a while, but fortunately I have friends who are surgeons and goodness knows what else, and they've known me for quite a long while, and they went to the hospital where I was and spoke to my cardiac team and said, okay, you know, there's one thing you need to know about her. 
And so eventually, uh, with a great deal of confusion, it was confirmed that I had a heart attack, even though was, there was some dissension. So I was trying to get better in this uh, very confused energy. Has she had a heart attack? Has she not? You know, what is going on here? Are we interested? We can't make any difference. Uh, none of the drugs work on her. This is getting a bit boring. We don't know what to do. Let's step back and leave it sort of thing and hope that everything will go away. So I was trying my best with, you know, my best willpower, my best willpower foot forward. And, of course, failing miserably because there are times in our lives when willpower just does not cut it. And this was one of them. So one night in bed, uh, when I'd spent, you know, another, I don't know how many days it was, in bed because of, of uh, my heart condition, I, I don't know what I've been doing, but I just sat up in bed as much as I could, put my head up to the ceiling and said, that's it. I have had enough. It's obvious that I... I'm not fit to row the boat that's called my life. So guys, it's over to you. You get to row it from now on. You make all the decisions because something I am doing is killing me and I do not want to die yet. I have stuff to do. So things started to change from then, uh, but uh, at that point. And one of the biggest changes, I would suspect, in fact, the biggest was to go off to a... Uh, to find a teacher who taught me Reiki and then go to her because she channeled uh, another of the Ascended Masters. And I felt very safe in her energy and ver felt very safe with her. I didn't know why I was going to do this, but I felt drawn to do it. Couldn't explain it any other way. And so every six months I would go off and have, a, if you like, a spiritual soul checkup rather than the, the health checkups. Uh, I was obviously having loads of those too. But, but that's what I did. Every six months, I'd take myself off to my teacher and have a session with the Ascended Masters. And um, they were very, very gentle with me to begin with because they needed to get me used to a feeling of love, uh, unconditional love. And it, it just broke my heart. Uh, once I could stop crying... Then they got a little bolder. And uh, on one very famous session, the master that my teacher, Claire, who was a very good channel, was, ch was channeling, came through and said, you know, my dear, we would like you to think. Uh, no, they didn't say we would like you to think about. That's what uh, uh, Lanto says. They said, you should be teaching uh, intuition because you know more about it than those who are teaching it and I went master I know you're very wise and all that but I do not do intuition I am a corporate troubleshooter <laughs> oh. and I heard this chuckle and I thought oh okay anyway they left it there I left it uh, where it was um, and 10 years later what did I find myself doing not only channeling but teaching a two-year intuition course. <laughs> and now what See, do I, I do when I coach? Yeah. Everything I do is about trust your intuition. Let me demystify it. Let me give you the science. Let me give you the wisdom teachings. Let me give you whatever. Let me give you the exercises. 
what do you need? I'll give it to you. I, 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 and I, I'm relieved. I kind of expected a, a, a chuckle or a laugh <clears throat> from an ascended master telling them, you know, I don't do intuition. <laughs> uh, yeah no they 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 chuckle quite a lot with me they they know that i'm fairly stubborn but once i get it then i really get it and i move forward so they know it's just it's just a a, a case of uh, she needs a little more time so we'll plant the seed and the seed may shock her or at times the seed may terrify her um which it did uh, a, a few years after that event because they said, you are a trance channel. I went, no way. And I cried for months. And then I pulled myself together because I'm a pragmatist and said, wrote to my teacher in Australia. I was doing a three-year Masters of Metaphysics. And I said, okay, if, I'm, if I've got this talent, I want to learn how to use it well. So can, do you know anyone in Europe, particularly in Southern Europe, who could teach me? And she said, no, but I've been told I have to come. And to be fair, uh, she did come. We had a five-day intense course. And you can't teach someone intuition. But you can help them uh, create very, very solid foundations so that their intuition can flourish. Why can't you teach intuition? Because it's innate. So what you do is you uh, work with the person to create the, the energy within their body so that when their intuition comes knocking, they are able to hear it, act on it, recognize it, and the fears don't kick in and stop everything. Boy, that's a, an amazing and a well-needed uh, well talent. Uh, oh, yes. Back in the 80s. <laughs> Um, I found the Seth books <clears throat> and, um, and then I found this book. It was new at the time from Sanaya Rahman about yeah. opening to channel. Mm. And, uh, and I was, you know, frisky, young, t early twenties fellow, you know, uh, well, I'll give this a try. And so I did and it, it, it worked <clears throat> and scared the living daylights out of me. And I spent a twenty some years running from it, basically. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have to say, I I didn't get on with that book. I, I know that that she's loved and and uh, very good at what she does, but uh, I you need someone's energy. I, you I, need someone to hold an energy of trust while you're doing the exercises. I that's agree. my belief, anyway. I agree because that's what was different. Uh, you know, twenty some odd years later, when I yeah did it again was I did it mm. with someone and not, and it wasn't precisely, you know, the exercises from the book or anything, but, uh, mm. it was a different class, but, um, but it was more that and the, and the love that I could feel from, yeah. uh, you know, when my teacher would channel and, yeah. um, and of course I've gone on to not channel, uh, much. I do the blended being thing, I guess you could call it. Um, but it did. It, it terrified me to the point that I, I I dove into society as deep as you can go, and I eventually, mm -hmm. I didn't have a heart attack at 45. I I had a pancreas failure, but I I did the whole croaking, you know, very brief, just a few minutes, but you know, did the whole croaking thing and mm -hmm. intensive care, and 
Mm. It's why I say running from it doesn't work out very well. Because no, you're running it from yourself, really. And, yeah. and, and I take mm. myself most everywhere I go. <clears throat> and when we're just getting and deeper thing- and deeper into the separation, which is the exact opposite of what we're here to do. So absolutely, it doesn't help at all. Anyway, you were is, saying, you Nikki. Well, the thing is, you can use those skills in your everyday life. Is That's the beauty of it. I mean, I would think Absolutely. that a corporate headhunter with mm. intuition would be an invaluable asset well, for any company. Harvard University teaches it, and it's called, and so do I with corporates, and it's called strategic creativity. But, you know, uh, I write, I've been writing blogs around uh, the difference between a psychic, a medium, and a channel recently because the master was just uh, uh, downloading me with uh, information. And, you know, the big joke is that everybody thinks, ooh, channeling, being a channel, it's so glamorous. There's nothing glamorous about it at all. No. Really not. Uh, but the big joke is that we're all channeling. I mean, the master gave me a huge list of the ways we channel. We channel when we feel that we've got to say something and those words come from love. We channel because we agree to be someone's messenger who needs to hear those words. We channel when we're doing, when we're, cre- when artists are creating works of art, when dancers are dancing and something truly magical happens. Children channel when they laugh and play. So anything that allows us to be a pure conduit for this energy of unconditional love and wisdom, the masters, whatever you want to call them, universal energy because we're all one, refer to that as channeling. So just because I can channel for two or three hours without needing a break, that's as much as I can do, and then after that I am completely exhausted because uh, the energy that you're holding is so unbelievably powerful. Just because I can do that doesn't mean to say that I uh, only that is channeling. And I think we need to we need to really seriously look at this definition of channeling and what it means because it is much more than what we currently uh, than how we currently define it. How we currently define it is reductive. And it's also dangerous because it sets people like me up on a pedestal. And most of us do not want to be on a pedestal. We long to be normal. Amen. And to, and, and to have normal family time. You don't agree with me? Let's have a row. No. Let's resolve it. I Let's be healthy. But I am, I am not, not special. <laughs> You know, I couldn't just, agree more. Uh, I'm so happy to hear you say it. We had um, we had Daryl Anka on the show who who channels Bashar, and we that was in 2011. And I still remember the conversation because it's one of those rare times when I got to have a channel on the show who was saying everything you do is channeling. Whether you're, yeah. I mean, I've talked. My brother's a robotics engineer, mm-hmm. and I've watched him when he gets into his electronics, when he's working Mm -hmm. with electronics, he goes into a zone. Absolutely. That's that's a creative channel. He he said it so many times that he'll go into a zone. He's not thinking about what he's doing. He's just taking a physical step back and allowing his 
he says his brain to just take over. But he knows that it's more than that. But that's how he explains it. And so we've had these great in-depth conversations about this because I wanted to get to that from a mechanical scientific point of view. So Mm -hmm. I talk to him about it often so that I can find easier ways to explain it to our listeners mm. when we do get a chance to talk about mm. it because mm. it is important. I mean, think about it. If you've got a brain surgeon who's doing surgery on your brain and he's channeling while he's doing it, mm. you're going to be walking around in short time. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. no accidents happening on the table no. today. So, no. and it is important for people to understand that it's not scary, that it's not, it's not special. That no. I hate, I, <clears throat> It no. really irritates me when people give this impression, I'm a channel, so I'm special. Piss off. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> My daughter's a channel. My yeah. stepdaughter yeah. is a channel. My husband's yeah. a channel. My yeah. freaking dog's okay. a channel. When my dog's Absolutely. out hunting, yeah. my cat, when he's out hunting mm. birds, is channeling. His, yes. like, they're zoning into a point where nothing can distract them. That's mm. channeling, and you mm. do not have to be sitting there quietly with your eyes closed bringing yeah. in messages to be a channel. However, no. there is something unique and special about those who have chosen to take that route only because it requires a great deal of dedication to do it that. It does, and many of us... To uh, open up it? Yeah, yeah it, it It does. Um, let's get rid of this word special. Let's ban it for the rest of the program. All right. <laughs> but, but, um, <laughs> but, I mean, I, I, I would... No, not necessarily. I just think that we've chosen... I mean, here I'm plagiarizing uh, the master and the information he gave me. And it's, it was essentially this, that many channels, not all of them, but many channels will uh, come in uh, and agree to before they come in to an incarnation to have a life where they move through a lot of energy so it can seem as though they can have a life that is enormously challenging why because this builds within them it's it's one of the best ways for them to let go and this i think uh rick is why you found doing the exercises from the sanaya ramon's book so terrifying because channels need uh, the better they are as a channel, the, the more accurate they are and the more empty their tube is, if you like, so that there's nothing for the energy to push against, fight against, whatever. Uh, the emptier we are, it's, it, that's created by our ability to let go, let go of control, let go of choosing, just letting go and going with the flow. And so we take on experiences that will challenge our willpower and get us to understand in a very profound way what it's like to let go and what feelings come from that and how safe in reality it really is. But you can't learn to let go before you've learned to really fight for what you believe in. So that it, it can be an intense incarnation and it will be on the back of other incarnations that are equally intense. So that's one thing that, that I, I, I want to say. We take on a life that may seem to others and I know that my clients and friends say it about me. You know, for God's sake, how much more are you going to go through? And I say, it's fine, it's okay, it's what I came in to do. 
The other thing is that to make a good channel, I think the 10,000-hour rule applies. And I don't know if you know about this, but the 10,000-hour rule very, very simply says, take an innate talent that's explicate, uh, sorry, that's implicate. And that is you've got this talent, but you don't know how to use it well enough for the whole world to see it. Practice it for 10,000 hours and it will become explicate, i.e. everyone will see that you are brilliant at this. So you work on the thing that you are really talented with until it's clear to everybody that not only do you have an innate talent, but you know how to use that talent. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense because I... Absolutely. Before I'd ever heard of channeling, I was doing it, of course. And um, I, I remember once in my high school career, I, I went to one of these standardized tests in math. And um, being a bit of a daydreamer and a bit of a mind-wandering-around person, I had failed to pay attention as to whether – just one of these things. You take a piece of paper to the test place, and they tell you where to go and what to do. And so I, I didn't listen to any other instructions except give me my piece of paper and I'll go because, you know, I knew how to do that. Well, I got there and they asked us, you know, okay, everybody stand up. Those of you taking math level one, get on this side. And those of you taking math level two, get on that side. And I had no earthly idea what to do. And so I thought to myself, well, I'm at a highfalutin private school and I'm in the high honors math and I, I must be here for level two. So I sat down over on that side of the room did the level two test in about 15 minutes is a 90 minute test and um, turned it in and scored um, 750 out of 800, which was the 99.9% percentile or whatever. I was, you know, genius level answers to this test, which happened to be on a subject of, of, of math. It was on calculus and I'd never studied, I've still never studied calculus. And if you tell me I'm going to do, here's some calculus, do it. I can't do it. But if you just put it in front of me and I just assume that I can do it because I'm a math person, I do mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And, but I was, I was ostracized. I was, I was punished. I was relieved of my seat at St. John's. And, and, and in, as my parents put it, I was politely invited not to return. Um, because, you know, here were my school grades were marginal and yet I can sit down for an exam that I haven't even studied and, and score like that. There's something's weird with him, make him go away. And so they did, they sent me away. And, um, so I learned that when, you know, society taught me that when I used that ability, the results were not good <clears throat> for me. And, mm -hmm. um, and I can see now in that 20 years when I say I was running away that there were there were plenty of times when I channeled during that period, but um, it was it was not consciously really mm -hmm. you know it was just uh, answers that like you said you you feel like you have to say something you mm -hmm. or you do say something and afterwards you go wow did I say that or someone says can you repeat that. And you go, no, because I don't know what I said. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and that's that, that, why some that, of that us are crazy mind. enough to write it down. 
<laughs> yeah. No, but when I'm when I'm teaching, I'm in the classroom, particularly with my master's students. Then we, you know, it's a two-year course, uh, and so we go into a lot of depth. And so sometimes I'll say something, and they'll go. And the master's always with me. Uh, I do a lot of research, a lot of studying, but once I walk into the classroom, it's all forgotten. And I listen to the students, and I feel their energy, and read their energy, and I'm listening to the master. So I get told to do things, or say things, or share things, or whatever. And every so often, I will have said something, and they'll go, "Wow, can you repeat that?" And I'll go, "No, because I really don't know what I said." So we, we're going back very nicely, full circle to this. I mean, some people actually call it psychic time, which is this space where you feel as though you don't know what you've done in the last few minutes. You don't know how you've arrived at your destination. You don't know what you've said. Uh, you have, you know, you don't know where the time's gone. You thought you were dancing for a minute, but you've been dancing for 20 minutes. Uh, a potter who is, you know, a very talented potter. Uh, or an artist will say, I didn't paint that painting. It was painted through me. You know, I, I didn't do it. So it, it's that you're cha- we know we're channeling when we lose that sense of time. And usually it's for short bursts. Until we do our 10,000 hours. Or unless we've, we've, you know, accepted, okay, this is going to be my main talent in this lifetime. This is going to be the area where I'm going to share my gift. In which case, then, you know, the 10,000 hours kicks in and we need to do a lot more to develop. Uh, But at that level of losing a sense of time, we are all very definitely doing something that's channeling. We might be, if if we're driving the car and we don't remember uh, how we got home, then usually we've had a loner step in and we've gone somewhere else, perhaps in another dimension, uh, into another life that we're having concurrently or uh, with our guides uh, to do some work with them. But if, if that's not happening and we're speaking and we don't know what we've said, you know, if we've uh, painted a painting, but we know that we haven't painted it, we haven't consciously chosen the colors or what we've been doing, dancing, surgeons, whatever, it, it's, you know, we're, we're channeling that there's, there's, there's an energy working with us in the case of surgeons and, and people like that. But channeling's definitely going on. Right. The, the, the athlete that's uh, quote unquote yeah. in the zone, the, the yeah. musician that gets lost in the song and, and yeah. uh, uh, radio shows where 90 minutes is just poof. What happened? Where did, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Come on, I've just blinked. I, I just got here. I have things to say. <laughs> so true. I the, when I wrote my second book, I I was a pen for that one. Really, essentially, for for the first half of the book, I was just a pen. Mm, and yeah. there was days I would I would go back and read what I'd written, and I was just mm. in awe and and yeah. terrified sometimes at some of the revelations that that had mm. come through and mm. they were so in contrast with how I'd been raised and what I yes. knew spirituality and religion was all about. Mm. <laughs> so that was a wake up call for me. Uh, but, but the most glaringly obvious thing for me during that time was the the time warps that I would find myself in where I would go mm. to write and I would easily write a chapter 
and then, you know, come back downstairs and, and integrate back into the household I was living in. And they would be like, well, you haven't been gone long. You know, how much did you get done? Well, I did a chapter. You've only been gone an hour. Mm. Well, how do you write a chapter in an hour? You Mm. know what I mean? Like, Mm. but I got used to it. I got used to getting into a state of time not affecting me. Yes. And I actually ended up writing about it in the book. Yeah, I wrote I wrote about it in in my second book. I, I you know I gave people exercise and exercise mm-hmm. to try just to see if they could they could figure out how to work with lack of time. I don't want to say to manipulate time because I've learned that doesn't work so much, but to work with no. a lack of time. Mm-hmm. I, to work I, with the I absence say, of time. Yeah, I mean I say play with it. What I do is if I know I've got a ton of work to do and I've got deadlines, I just say to the universe, okay, I need some help with this. I have 16 hours work, and I need to get it done in eight, and I want to have time to relax afterwards. And there is not one time when I have never managed it. I just ask, and it happens. And as soon as I've asked, my levels of stress go, because I go, okay, well, I've asked, and it'll happen. So I'm just going to start and, and, and go with whatever happens. So I simply ask. I think that's a big part of the 10,000 hours, at least for me, is the, that knowing. Beyond yes. believing or beyond having some faith, that just knowing. Okay, I asked. Mm. It's going mm. to be fine. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm, I'll just go to bed. And then you wake up in the morning and the air conditioning guys are right outside your house. Yeah. Um, and because I find that if when I didn't have that knowing or didn't allow myself that knowing and then I would continue to try to work on it. Yes. And that's almost like static because it would not nothing would work right. Or I would no. be I would be somewhere else when the air conditioning guys came by and mm. so I wouldn't see them. And then mm. I would call and they would say, you know, that's funny. We were just there this morning. Mm. And and so that moving past faith to just knowing uh which for me was just took a lot of experience of you know asking and having it arrive and even asking and having missed it but then realizing that it was there you know to to generate that knowing in me i think Mm -hmm. that's the toughest Mm -hmm. thing is or was for me was that jump Mm -hmm. from well that jump from this is crazy to, I believe this can work, but 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 particularly that jump from faith or, or belief into just knowing. Mm. Uh, you know, like you don't think about the sun coming up tomorrow because you just know it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's there's no effort required. You know, there's there's nothing you need to do. There's no time you need to spend on thinking about that. I wonder if it will. I wonder if it won't. There is just total acceptance, and I think you're absolutely right. The 10,000 hours are needed because it is, I think, possibly one of the most difficult things for a human being, particularly one who uh, has learnt um, to uh, use, to get things done through willpower. 
perhaps they needed to show the world that they could do something when the world around them said, no, no, you can't, you'll never be any good or you're too short or whatever. And so within the soul, there was a, I'll show you. And so willpower is developed. For those of us who've had to develop willpower in order to break away from limiting and painful situations, then letting go is enormously difficult and it really does come over time, trial and error, trial and error, bashing your head against a brick wall, playing with things, uh, stepping into letting go and then stepping away from it because you don't see the results. So you go back to what's comfortable of willpower because then you know the results will come. Um, it, it is absolutely incredible, but I, it puts a whole new twist on the old saying of don't try, do, because in effect, that's what the universe says, but it says it in a much more loving way. And it simply says, you know, you really don't need to try. All you need to do is just do. But that comes with the 10,000 hours worth of practice of letting go. But in the end, that really is all that's required. And once you've got it, it is so simple. But while you're learning, oh boy, do you want to tear your hair out at times. I know I did. But it comes. It Ab- comes. Absolutely. There, there, there have been tons of times in the last few years where I've been like, ah, mm. I, mm. why can't I get this? I mean, because we, yeah. we, we talk about it three times a week on the air, mm. not, you mm. know, and that's, that's not including the, the books that I've written, the, the blogs that Rick's written, the work that mm. we've done prior to doing the show. So mm. it's kind of like, ah, so long. And how, but that's, that's the other thing that, that you have to remind people of. You're not allowed to beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up just because you don't get it today. No, in you fact. have a momentary lapse of, of connection it happens and it's it's part of being human in fact research now shows beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are far more likely to give up when you beat yourself up you're like you will succeed when you are self-compassionate when you when you say it's okay you did your best you're having an off day but we you know guess what we all have off days So what we need most in these situations is self-compassion, self-compassion. And then to say also, good job when you do move, even if it's only one millimeter, but when you move a millimeter closer to letting go and accepting, then you come straight in with a compliment. Again, research has shown that a compliment is actually worth more than giving yourself a treat. It's more effective. Well, in that recognition too, it, 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 mm. I, my, my father was an engineer. Um, I was a math science whiz. Everything was about, you know, okay, well, there's 10 variables in this thing, so we're going to control the 10 variables. That way we can control the outcome. And that, that was my education and training growing up, mm. and, and, uh, uh, which would have instantly thrown out any sort of, you know, relationship between my having asked for, you know, okay, somebody, 
I, I thought maybe I'd go to lunch or something and somebody would mention, you know, I had the best air conditioning guys by the other day or something like that. I had no firm vision of how it would outcome, but I was, you know, I need the air conditioning people. And the scientific mind wants to throw out that, you know, I woke up this morning and they're right behind, they're literally 10 yards from me, mm-hmm. 10 meters from me, mm-hmm. right there. Just walk over there and go, hi, can you help me? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but surely that had nothing to do with my wish the night before because I can't scientifically get that in a laboratory and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, <clears throat> and, and sometimes that can be very powerful to overcome because, like you say, you know, it comes from parents. And when you're very young, you, you know, you're totally dependent on them for your food, your shelter. Yeah. Your, mm. So you, you adapt to make, mm. keep them happy so that the food keeps coming. And, mm. It makes it sound cold, and the child's mind is not that calculating, but but it's just sort of innate that I've got to fit in here so that I'll be all right, um, because right now I can't go do it myself. And um, and then when you get to be three and you're toddling around, you try to go do something yourself, you get told that's not a good thing to do, don't do that, and um, and then there you are, you know. And, and mm-hmm. so for me, a lot of mine was undoing, the quote unquote fact based um, education that I had had, where you know if you can't find me a physical fact to back it up, it didn't happen yeah aren't aren't you glad that science has moved on? I mean now we have epigenetics, we have neuroscience uh we have health psychology uh we have so uh, many aspects of science and institutes, I mean, world-class research institutes like HeartMath, Monroe, and the list is so long, it's endless. Uh, and now science really is beginning to catch up with the wisdom traditions and also give us, because we are a product of the times in which we live, and we were born into a period where the left brain is king and the right brain, well, you know, it's there, but we'll ignore it. Thank you very much. Now sense? we're, you know, now we're coming back to balance. I mean, psychologists uh, will now talk of the brain at two minds. You know, now we do a lot of work, particularly I... Uh, I, I know that I do in in my uh, intuition teaching and coaching. I do a lot of work helping people understand that intuition is a zigzag between the left and right hemispheres. Uh, we're coming. We're now coming back to balance and with with balance between what we know or sense to be right. You know, the gut feeling, the holistic knowing that we we can't unravel and the step-by-step logical detailed uh, knowing of the left brain the two are enormously complementary in fact who was it Robert Ornstein brilliant brilliant uh, man who writes enormous uh, brilliant books said you know if we don't use the left and the right hemispheres together then it's like having uh, the, the, the picture but with no context we right. need both. We need the detail and we need the ability to see the big picture. So I, I, am, I, I totally agree with you. It it's, was at times very frustrating to have been born in this age where, you know, left brain 
ruled. But speaking for myself, I'm very glad that I was because I've had to come from an innate right brain way of being most children are, but I, I think I was particularly so judging by the adults around me and their reaction to me. Then denying that totally, going to left brain and realizing that that was getting me into as much trouble, if not more, than being right brain dominant and now coming back and instead of saying, I don't know the first thing about science, which is what I always used to say, suddenly I started seeing in my radio program where I was reviewing books, uh, I would be getting a lot of uh, science books to review and thinking I would really like to review them, but I don't understand the first thing about science. And then one day I just did my usual thing, woke up and said, that's it. This is happening for a reason. It's time for me to put aside my I'm not a scientist. I don't understand the first thing about science and see what I can understand because these books are coming to me for a reason. There's something here for me. And once I started to read, you know, books written by people like Bruce Lipton, Candace Pert uh, and people of that caliber who are able to uh, describe extremely complex science in a way that uh, would suit a, a science idiot like me, uh, then I thought, wow, this is unbelievable. I finally have what I need to, to fly with this. And that is, I know that my way of learning, really learning where I can use what I've learned, is to understand the why. The science is giving me the why. So now I can fly. So I'm really glad that we've had this zigzag through the hemispheres. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't know about, you, uh, uh, about you, you guys, but I am really glad that we've had that because I think it now enriches our current position and our current understanding because we've tried it one way, we've tried it the other, and now we can say, no, no, we need both and we're comfortable with that and we're happy to absorb the information wherever it comes from because wherever it comes from is 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 perfect for us. Absolutely. It's what the Einsteins of the world have tried to tell us, you know. <gasps> oh, God, yes. The imagination yeah. is as important, you know, as yep. the calculating brain. And uh, yep. uh, it's about time that we see some uh, mm. convergence between science yes. and, quote, meta-science or physics and metaphysics. Mm -hmm. I think it's all just going to be one department eventually in, in a yes. university. Yeah. may still take another little bit of time, but, uh, you know, we've got plenty of that. And it's time's a pretty flexible thing. But speaking of time, yeah. <laughs> um, it, is, uh, it, it is about the halfway point here. So uh, uh, I suggest that we uh, have a little break and then um, come back. Uh, I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, Lord Lanto and who he is, because I have some uh, nudges in that direction. And um, mm -hmm. and then we also want to talk about some of these great, uh, great things that you're doing. Uh, your website is just full of uh, services and, and, and uh, information and stuff. And so we want to be sure we cover that, too. Happy uh, to. So what do you think, Gene? Um, we we got a really good dose of Jordan last last night last now we did mm -hmm. last now um, 
And um, uh, so should we have NIV or? Well, we're talking about the convergence of of science and spirituality, basically. Right. What we're talking about. So let's play a little... um, a little Aquarius. Age of Aquarius. Okay. Mm-hmm. We haven't done that in a while. Haven't done that in a while. So this will be our friend Jolene, J-O-E-L-E-E-N. That always got me when I searched it first. I'd left out the E. It's, it's Joe, like a guy's name, and then Lean, Jolene, J-O-E-L-E-E-N.com. And, um, um, or Jolene World, I guess, is the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, dot com. Anyway, well, I'll get that straight, and and we'll tell you about it again when we come back. So stay with us, folks. This is a 
All right. Welcome back, everybody. And that was our friend uh, Jolene. And you can find out more about her and some of the work that she's doing at JoleneWorld.com. That's J-O-E-L-E-E-N World.com. With her updated version of Aquarius or interpreted version or what do you call that, Jean? I don't know. Uh, her version? Yeah. It's, there you go. Her version. Yeah. Like her, her interpretation of Aquarius? Um, I'll just go ahead and let our listeners in. Um, we actually started the show back up and the recording wasn't working. And uh, we wound up in a little personal moment there. And uh, uh, But we've had another break and I've taken the dog out and looked up and there were at least a dozen uh, well there were five or six buzzards and about a dozen big seabirds uh, all circling right over the house <clears throat> and um, you know so I'll take the seabirds uh, because you know the buzzards and vultures that's you know nobody died uh, no dead bodies for disposal thank you but um Actually, I have a couple of them that hang out in my backyard anyway, but the, the seabirds, I have not seen those before here and certainly not circling like, well, like vultures uh, or like, you know, friends gathered for a little coffee clatch. <clears throat> it was lovely, I suppose. So, so you're feeling a little refreshed? Absolutely. And so we'll do this again and all the... All the technology is suddenly working again, so we must be right back on the right track. <laughs> very powerful symbol there, though, in the birds. Very much so. Mm, uh, lovely. And uh, uh, our listeners are familiar with us, you know, blowing up and otherwise doing strange energetic things to communication devices. So <laughs> should just be right right normal for them but um but yeah we had talked about your friend lord lanto and my friend and you know i'd said i felt something and 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 so we got that um anything you'd like to add to that uh give me a hint here um uh, uh, about uh what we were talking about in in relation to you and your well, connection about, with the master or and about how it uh, you know sometimes does that to 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 uh, technology when there's so much energy build up and release and ah yeah well um as as i was saying i do i work mainly online now and uh, which means that 95, 99% of my uh, coaching, in particular the one-to-one sessions with the channeling and, and coaching sessions are done online through Skype. Thank goodness for Skype. And uh, I was just sharing with uh, Jean and Rick that uh, every so often when the master is sharing a piece of information that really strikes very deeply uh, in the listener. Um, There is a huge emotional outpouring or release or a healing, then the Skype connection just 
just uh, just goes dead. And Skype is in every every other aspect of my work enormously reliable, but uh, it's not unheard of. In fact, it's fairly common. You, I would go so far as to say that when I know that Skype will crash when uh, the client on the other end of the line uh, is very emotional. It just happens. It just happens. <laughs> We're used to it. Yeah. All no, in the normal course of business. All in the, in the course of a day. We, we get that often. We, Gene and I sometimes have trouble saying goodbye um, or see you again or whatever and getting off mm. the line. And um, but we will have talked about the fact that it's time to get off the line, and and then yeah. George, George just turned it just quits. Mm. In fact, one night we tried what five times, I guess, Gene. We called each other back, and yeah. and I finally said, "Listen, please don't call me back because my internet went out for five minutes, and if you call me back, it's going to go out for the rest of the night. So please leave it alone." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but I'm glad that we yeah. uh, uh, pulled it back together so that we could. Uh, finish our conversation because uh, the universe just knows when we need a break doesn't it really 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 does and um, and sometimes if you're stubborn about it it sends you off to Costa Rica and says yeah there go take that <laughs> try to get yeah. try to get stressed down there that that takes work <clears throat> um, so I, I guess we just covered the fact that you de- you do personal one-on-one coaching uh, I do. You also do uh, corporate work. You uh, uh, trying to help bring intuition back into the business world, I suppose you could say. Yeah, yeah. We call it strategic creativity, uh, but it, it's all the same. Yeah, because uh, creativity is a part of intuition, an enormously uh, important part as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and overlooked perhaps some in the modern, uh, quote-unquote, modern world? Well, uh, I, I, think, I think the recession has, um, is starting to change that. I think that for, for decades, in fact, because corporate uh, strategic uh, creativity has been taught in places like Harvard since the 1990s. Um, And so in certain areas, it's been very, very well recognized, the importance of creativity. I think it's filtering down now to to everyone. And so uh, because in the business world, there is more and more need for innovation. Innovation has almost become a dirty word. Uh, You know, you say it and everybody, uh, you know, rolls their eyes and 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 uh, makes uh, uh, gestures of of despair you know it's like well we've tried everything what else can we do uh and so it's um people are are more open to looking at ways to teach creativity and also another form of uh, another if you like prerequisite to intuition is emotional intelligence in fact i split intuitive work into two main categories and one is emotional intelligence and the other is sensory intelligence and so I do a lot of uh, corporate uh, team roles work 
and teamwork and there you can really get stuck into emotional intelligence and that has an enormous uh, impact on uh, people's ability to work in teams much more effectively, to have the team work much more effectively, to have the project that they're working on or the team work that they're collaborating on much more successful. Uh, so, um, so corporate work's getting uh, quite interesting and I do love doing it. And of course, you open, I don't see any difference between my work as a spiritual teacher and my work as a corporate consultant in, and I don't like there to uh, people to think that there is a difference between the two. The only difference that I can tell is a difference between the language because the master taught me uh, very well that the whole point of communicating is so that the listener can not only understand you but, but feel motivated and empowered to do something with, with, with whatever you're sharing. And so if you follow that logic, it means that you need to use a language, uh, and I don't mean a language such as English, French, or Italian, but I mean the word, your choice of words. You need to use words with great care because you need to use the words that the listener will not only be able to understand, but will energetically um, enable them to move. So energetically dislodge any doubts or ifs or buts or, or fears and get them saying, yeah, I, I follow that. I can do that. That makes sense to me. I'll have a go. So for me, it's all one and the same thing. Uh, there's no difference between the corporate work that I do and the spiritual work. Um, there is a difference in the language that I use. And that's, for me, entirely appropriate. It's as it should be. Right. Sometimes just vocabulary, the, the corporate creativity, for example. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I wouldn't call it, I mean, when, once you're in the group and you've established a rapport, then you say, well, look, guys, you know, this is nothing but intuition. And intuition now is being used more and more. We know that uh, there's research been done on Fortune 500 company CEOs who uh, say that the reason for their success is when it all boils down to it, the X factor is intuition um, and people are used to saying you know gut instinct you know it made my hair my my hair stand on end uh, they're used to the body uh, language and so if you can present the information in a way where they can follow your logic then you know they go yes of course that makes absolute sense of course it's intuition uh, but to begin with you know you you, you perhaps say, okay, creative, uh, strategic creativity, you know, we're here because intuition is the buzzword. Uh, sorry, not intuition, but innovation is the buzzword. How are you innovating? How would you like to innovate? What innovative thoughts do you have? You know, let's have some creative brainstorming sessions and see what happens. So you change uh, your, your vocabulary, and then when the rapport is set, then you, you start to merge the two so that there's no difference. That makes sense? Makes, makes a ton sense. of sense. Of course. I mean, I, 
we do it in our day-to-day lives and I we do. I wonder if people notice but when we when we work just depending on where we're working who we're working with who we're talking to I know being a waitress for 20 years it one of my greatest tools was being able to communicate with my table on their level if yeah, I was serving absolutely. somebody um you know mm-hmm. if you can communicate on their level mm-hmm. and that is why I believe we have such a a range of diverse messengers mm. on our planet because our planet itself, yes. again, is diverse. And yep. if you're going to communicate an idea, then it's going to be more efficient and effective if you communicate it in such a way that the person listening understands without having to, without having to shift their own way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember years ago, I'd uh, I'd split up from my partner who was and is uh, my twin flame. So it was enormously intense and uh, both being together and the breakup. And um, I was in Italy and he'd gone back to live uh, in New Zealand and... I got sent to New Zealand. I didn't want to go, but I got sent. Uh, This is one of the ways in which the universe and my guides were extremely uh, crafty, bless them, but they they did whatever they needed uh, to do to get me to New Zealand. When I realized I was there, it was the first time that I was being asked to channel. And I remember walking around a park in the morning, listening to Sean Colvin on my iPod, and just crying my heart out saying, I know what you want me to do and I can't do this. I cannot do it. I cannot do this. If all of the best teachers in the world cannot get through to him, I, what on earth makes you think I can? And the answer came through because you are his twin flame. He knows you and he trusts you. And at soul level, the love is unconditional. So you are the only person at this stage he will hear it from. And so I said, okay, I'll stop crying. I'll learn the first three minutes. So keep giving me the words until I've learned them. And then I will start to channel, which is exactly what I did. And for five days and nights, I really didn't stop very much the channeling. It was, it was constant. We had five days and nights together, and then I, I had to come back to Italy. So then it was on Skype from then on. But that's why it is so important for us to be the messenger and channel in that way because someone is waiting for a message that only we can bring because the universe, the guides, call it whatever you want, use our vocabulary. They're not using theirs because they don't have one. They don't need it. So they need our words uh, and and so I, I personally cannot stress enough the importance of biting the bullet, as it were, and just, you know, <laughs> and, and taking your courage in both hands and accepting your role as the messenger. Because if you don't, then the person who needs the message in the way that only you can give it has to wait a long while sometimes for the universe to find someone else who can give it to you in a way that you will be able to understand it. And it will be fine, but it's not the same as having the message from you. 
I get that being the messenger can be terrifying. Having to be the messenger for my ex-partner was just, you know, I would, I would almost have preferred to slash my wrists rather than, than have to do that. Uh, it was absolutely terrifying. But to say that the reward was enormous afterwards is such an understatement because we'd gone through a very difficult uh, breakup and uh, once I started channeling the energy, the energy between us was unbelievable and it's been that way ever since. And it was, it was, he was the best person for me to start really channeling with because if I could do it for him, I could do it for anyone. And it was so wonderful to be in service like that. It was it was mind blowing. Words are so inadequate for for that whole period, particularly what I saw as the reward, which was the biggest well done. Imagine a well done that you could get after about ten thousand lives. Well, that was the sort of well done that I had from the universe. It was unbelievable. Utterly that sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was. What an incredible story. And and what an incredible initiation into into the power of the gifts that, that you are bringing to the table. I, I have to say that all of my initiations, I, I've had step-by-step initiations, but they've all been incredible. I, you know, they've all had, it's all been like, you know, bombshells being dropped. Um, and now I laugh at it, but you know, the first few times when I didn't realize this was what was happening, uh, they were terrifying. They, they triggered every fear in my body, every fear that was stored in, you know, my 60 trillion cells at, you know, cellular level memories, everything wanted to leave my body it was just appalling but and now I laugh now I think okay that's another one okay fine I can do this <laughs> so I laugh along with the universe now we chuckle together there's nothing better than a good laugh with the universe mm, yeah. yes can I do that often <laughs> yeah yes, very fond of the yeah. tipping the head back to laugh at the sky so yeah it just happens. It, it. And what a brilliant design our body is because we literally cannot laugh and be stressed at the time, same time because our muscles need to go in two different directions and they can't. Right. So it means if you've laughed, if you're laughing, you've lost the stress, you've come through whatever stressed you in the first place. Because when we're stressed, our muscles contract. The blood rushes away from the head as it goes to the arms and the legs. Because the limbic brain says, you're now a hunter-gatherer. That's the only form of you I recognize. My role is to keep you safe from that lion who's eyeing you up as a very tasty dinner. So leg it out of here as quickly as you possibly can. So everything in you contracts and the blood away from non-essential functions in the body to go to the arms and the legs that need the extra power. But when you're laughing, all of your muscles relax so they move outwards again. They relax 
Uh, and so you can't be stressed and relaxed at the same time. So relaxing is just the best thing ever, particularly if we've been triggered by, you know, one of these these breakthrough moment fears. It's like, no, don't ask me to do that, please. Anything but that. I Anything can't but do that. It. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go to the end and of the earth, laugh, don't make me say that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the master often says, apparently, uh, not so much now, but in the early days when I channeled him, he would say to the client, this channel does not want to say this, but she will. <laughs> because there would be this fight in my body, you know, it's, oh, no, I, I don't know what's being said, but, you know, there's an energy I really don't like here and I don't want to do this, Master. Please don't make me. And, of course, I, I, I promised faithfully that I would not abuse this gift. And so I don't. I say what I need to say. And I'm able to say it simply because what's said, even if it's, you know, the child that you love so much will die and we're here to prepare you for that, which is, I think, the worst message I've ever given anybody. It was, it was heart-rending. But what a session we had. It was amazing. Those messages are given with such love, even if it's, you know, my dear, we have nothing else to say to you because you are not able to listen to us and you are, don't feel ready to act. So all we can do is wait until you are ready, not only to come to us for help, but to act on that help. I mean, you know, it's, it's rare, but, you know, there are messages like this that are given and those messages make me feel uncomfortable in my body. Uh, but they are given with such love that now, when I feel that, you know, I can feel the energy of, of this coming towards me, and I can feel the energy of the, the person who is going to be told this, understanding that there is this energy coming, because we're aware of, of what's going to happen as it comes into our energy field before it happens and so when this happens I can now calm down and say let it flow go with it it will be healing it is what the person needs to hear it is said in total love uh, and uh, so you know there, there are amazing things that happen to you as a channel that test every single bit of you but the more you go through the process the more you let go and let it flow the more you're able to laugh and say, this is okay because I know that this will not hurt in that way that I've been brought up to have things hurt. Do you know what I mean? There's hurt and there's hurt. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and this is a hurt that says, we love you so much that we're here to... Um, to confirm what you know, but you really don't want to know. Let's confirm it with you, and while you're in our energy, let's, uh, let's help you dissolve or disperse or release that energy of fear that's stopping you from working with this and confirming it. Because once you can confirm, you're empowered. And that's where we want you to be. We want you to, to be the master that you are. So let us help you reconnect with what you're afraid to look at. That's the message in a nutshell, really. And that's a wonderfully empowering message. No, very much so. The, I know it looks 
terrifying at the moment, but you have it within you. So yeah. off, off we go. And, yeah, and um, no one ever leaves the session without feeling, okay, I now know what to do. I, I, I can trust my inner knowings, and I know that if I need any help, I can ask, but I, I have a next step to take. So the, 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 my fear of this was worse than the event itself. I know that I have everything within me. I can do this. And if I get to a moment of doubt again, I know what to do. So, you know, it, it's just amazing. Certainly is, uh, as are you. And um, we're, <laughs> we're down to the tail end of our time again. Uh, see there, those 90 minutes, they just whoosh, <laughs> right out the window. And um, so we want to be sure that folks know how to find you and find more information about what you do and and folks that it resonates with to to uh, Skype you up and supposed to phone you up I suppose to Skype you up and um, and do some work uh, okay I, I suppose the best place would be at uh, at your website yeah the website is thegapcoach.com uh, my Facebook page is the gap coach my Pinterest page is The Gap Coach. And on both Facebook and Pinterest, I post, uh, uh, you know, uh, wise words from other coaches, the wisdom tradition, scientists, business people, all on various aspects of intuition, particularly Pinterest. I've got three boards. One is emotional intelligence. So there all of the images and the words go for emotional intelligence. I have sensory intelligence. The same happens there. And then I have uh, intuitive intelligence. I've got uh, uh, a presence on YouTube. I think at the moment my YouTube page is under Susanna Axisa and not uh, the Gap Coach. But we want to put that right and bring that into the Gap Coach. And that's where I post. Uh, I'm beginning now to post free resources uh, short how-to videos, and the first eight minutes of every channel's conversation with the master that I have. And we have conversations around financial security, relationships with our parents, relationships with our children, relationships with an, in, uh, an intimate partner, anything that, that really, you know, all the key issues that, that take up a lot of our energy and effort uh, as human beings. Um, so if you want to know what's happening with me, the best place really is Facebook. Come join me. Come like my page. Uh, any uh, public appearance that I'm making will be on there. Any radio work that I'm doing will be on there. Uh, and then you can branch out from there. Do go to the website. I have, I'm now starting up uh, free webinars on intuition, an online monthly meditation program to introduce you to latent talents that you don't know you have, but you do. They're just waiting for you to discover them. Uh, there's coaching, uh, all sorts of ways. Ebooks I'm developing. And also we've got, uh, in the process of being finished, a channeled book uh, where one of my friends and colleagues uh, asks the questions of the master that most spiritual, spiritual seekers want answers to and boy oh boy have I learnt a lot 
from what we are transcribing from, from those sessions. So that will hopefully be ready either by the end of this year or early in uh, 2014. Uh, and that will be on sale most probably through Amazon and uh, through my website. So lots of things happening at The Gap Coach. And The Gap Coach address is www.thegapcoach.com. Well, you'll definitely have to come back and let us know when that, that book is out so that we can oh, I would promote love it to. and talk about it because that would be fun. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing more entertaining than a channeled novel. <laughs> revelation upon revelation upon revelation is, is all yep. I can say about that because been mm-hmm. there, done it, had a blast and learned so much in such a short yep. period of time. It was yep. just mind-blowing. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be excited to talk to you about the process of that and the experience of that as well. That would be super fun. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, and well, then, in which case, I will write to you as soon as it's done. That would be fantastic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yay. So definitely get by and check it out. Susanna's got lots that she's doing and lots of uh, uh, topics, trust, self-esteem, all of those things roll in there. Uh, yes. And uh, so. Self-compassion. Yes, enlightened self-interest. I like that one. Uh, yep. And um, so we do hope that uh, that you'll stop by and visit with her. Hope you'll stop by and visit our website at everydayconnection.me. We've got some 300 hours of uh, conversations, very similar to this one. The uh, brilliance pops out when we just relax and chat. And uh, uh, so we hope you'll enjoy that and sign up for our newsletter so you can keep track of who's coming next. It's right there on the top right, easy to find. And uh, because we have lots of really amazing people that are uh, coming up, and since we don't stick to the bells and buzzers over there at blog talk anymore of you must be here at precisely seven not 701 not 659 none of that um we uh don't have a calendar schedule up for you but uh we will be getting you some news through our newsletter so sign up for that as well and uh Susanna, i just want to thank you for sharing your time talent and treasure with us thank uh, you so much for inviting me it's been uh wonderful i thoroughly enjoyed it and thank you for some great questions Awesome. All right. So, our pleasure. Everybody, uh, join us again next time. And until then, to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.
So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.